Hello, everyone. I am Julia Macchio, and I play Vanessa LaRusso on Cobra Kai, and you are listening to the Cobra Kai Companion Podcast. And just remember, this is the test. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. And I am Brianna. And you guys, we have a very special guest. Uh, I, I believe it's probably um, the fans' new favorite LaRusso, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, but joining us is uh, Julia Macchio. How are you doing, Julia? I'm doing really well. How are you both doing? Doing good. Doing good. Doing, doing good. very good. Uh, we're we're uh, definitely a pleasure and honor to have you on here. Um, I just wanted to get this out of the way real quick, but uh, listeners of our show have heard this story a number of times, but um, I don't know if you recall, but uh, I met you and Mary at Disneyland. At Disneyland, yes. Yeah. Yes, that was in, I want to say it was December. I know it was Christmas time of 2019 because it was like not long before the pandemic started. And we were like, we had been wanting to go to Disney together for a while because we're both Disney freaks and we were like let's just do it and we finally planned a few days where we could both go and then i remember i think i remember where we were when you like approached us and you were like i do the podcast for cobra kai and i think you were seeing john josh and hayden like the next day or something you were like i'm going to meet with the guys tomorrow and i was like what are the chances of that yeah uh, I, i posted the picture and john immediately commented like this you know this blows my mind um yeah so I, well, wow, it's almost like it was just, just this last month that you kind of recall all the details. I know I have a, I kind of have a freakish memory, just fun fact. So, but I do, I do specifically remember um, that interaction. So yeah, that was funny. Did anybody else uh, recognize you guys uh, throughout your time visiting Mary? We, I think a couple of times and also just like a funny story that's kind of not related to Cobra Kai at all. We, we were like, really cold when we were there because it was December and we bought these like Disney Christmas onesies, like matching ones. And we were wearing them around the parks and so many different people were coming up to us. Like, where did you get your onesies? And we were like, we got them here. (laughs) People were so enthusiastic about these onesies, but I think a couple people at, at one point like came up to us and they were like, they went up to Mary and they were like, are you on Cobra Kai? Um, but yeah, I specifically remember the onesies being a hit and I still have mine and I wear it probably too much. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. Um, I already spoke with Brie uh, before you got on and we figured that we try to learn a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've, you- yeah, I've, I've, I've learned about not, I mean, you through extension, but there's um, the saying that not all heroes wear capes. And your mother is about as close to Superwoman as I think anybody could get. Um, She is a palliative care nurse, which for the listeners who don't understand, means that she counsels and comforts people whose relatives are 
passing or have passed. And she's been doing this for two years in a New York hospital. Yes. Um, (laughs) Right. How, how does she bring that home with her? How does she deal with that stress? Cause she always seems so strong and put together for everyone. Yeah. She, um, thank you for mentioning that. Um, that really, that means a lot to me. And I know that'll mean a lot to her. Um, she, so my mom actually used to work for hospice, which again is not, not your easiest job. Um, and she's been working in palliative medicine, um, for the last, I want to say it's been about 10 or so years. And so it's always been a really tough job, but once the pandemic and COVID started, it was a whole new ball game. Um, it was kind of some of the first times that I would see or hear her come home and she would, you know, she would bring that emotion home with her. Um, and because for a period of time, my family, we were all together, like in particularly in the beginning of 2020, when we were all like quarantining and everyone was on lockdown. Um, so I got to see her after every day, like coming home from work and, she was just like in awe of what was happening. Um, But she, I'm always amazed at how she is able to, for the most part, keep work at work and then come home and be just such a great, amazing um, mom. Um, She's so super sensitive, but I think that's what makes her such an amazing nurse. And she gets so close with her patients and their families and um, it's been, it's been a tough couple of years for her, but she's just grateful to help in any way. Cause they, you know, they need it. Um, and right now with this like new surge happening, it's, you know, it doesn't seem like this is coming to an end anytime soon. So she's just, yeah. Thank you to any healthcare workers that might be listening. Just thank you for what you do because we wouldn't be able to function without you. So, um, thank you for bringing that up. That really, that means a lot. No problem. And if you could pass along to her our gratitude for everything she has done. Thank you so much. She'll, she will love to. She knows about you guys, obviously. So she'll be super happy to hear that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. 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 That, that kind of broke me. <laughs> um, We're all just going to cry on here. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Let it out. Just this mass catharsis of tears. Yes. I don't know how to yeah. move on from that. Yeah, no, it, it's amazing because I, I believe even Frank Helmer's brother, I, I believe, works in healthcare as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, because uh, when, when I first interviewed him, he was working on some masks he was going to send, and I was able to ask him to make me a Miyagi uh, mask using a headband. So oh, I have a Frank yeah. Helmer original. Yeah. That so, is so cool. That's so cool. So the little bit of digging that I did with you, um, I understand that as early as five years old is when you started getting into all these performance arts type of stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. um, Five years old is when I started um, taking dance classes, which um, I don't know if people know this about me, but I'm a singer, actor and dancer. I've always loved doing all three. And five years old was when I started taking dance classes, but I, I was singing and acting and performing since I, you know, could walk. Basically, I would like act out, you know, Disney movies for my family or anyone who was over, anyone who would watch. So I was I had that like in me since forever. Um, But five years old is when I started to take dance classes and um, I trained for about 13 years at this one studio. And then I also majored in dance in college. So that was 
that was what I, you know, I classically trained in dance for a long time, but yeah, five years old was when I started to realize like, Oh, okay. I I really like doing this. This is something I want to like do after school and, and train and practice. So that was the, that was the age that I think I became like conscious of it was around five or six, even though that's still so young, but yeah. Did you ever want to be anything else? Did you ever think about following your mother into healthcare or was it performance all along? It was performance all along. I could, I don't know if I could handle healthcare. (laughs) I feel like I would, I would just be a wreck. Um, It takes a specific kind of person to be able to do specifically what she does. But we always joke in my family, like I got my dad's creative genes. And then my brother is very much like my mom. He's the math and science guy. So it's very, it's very split. And ironically, I look more like my dad and he looks more like my mom. So they each got one, they each got one like client. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, it was always, always performing for me. Um, before I even realized that it could be a career, I just, I loved it. It was like in my free time every day, I was listening to music. I was singing, I was watching films. I was moving, dancing. Like it was just in me from a very, a very young age. Yeah. I I had wondered if it was uh, something that you decided or something that, you know, your father or your parents both decided for you. So that's really interesting. Um, at the age of five, were you pretty aware of, uh, of, like what your father was doing and stuff like that. Like, obviously I don't want to get into your age and like whereabouts (laughs) was he in his career when you were born, but can you talk about that? Like uh, obviously him and the credit kid and the outsiders and all these iconic movies. Yeah. um, So I, I don't know. I've been asked this question before. Like, when did you realize that he was, you know, known by so many people in the world? I definitely don't think, I fully grasped it until I was probably like six ish. Like I think five is even maybe still a little young. I knew that he was an actor. He said, you know, daddy's in the movies. And I said, great. And I remember I used to like go up to kids in school and I'd be like, what movies are, is your dad in? Like, I didn't understand that 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 wasn't a normal thing. And so I don't think I, really, really grasped it until I was maybe like six or seven. I'm like pushing the number back. (laughs) Um, But I, I know that he told me that he was in movies, like probably before I went to kindergarten. So I was probably like four or five when he like told me that, but I don't think I really understood it for a little bit. It's, it's a lot for like a kid to grasp. And it's not like we, you know, I didn't grow up in Hollywood. So it's not like every other person I met had a a parent or a family member who was known, it wasn't something that you ran into all the time. So it, it took me a little, it took me a little bit to, to grasp it. What was your initial exposure to um, the theater, the live performance, the audience was, did, did that come from going to see one of your dad's performances or was that something that you just knew you were going to do? Um, That's a really good question. It's a little bit of both. Um, He did a show. He did the national tour of how to succeed in business without really trying um, Mm -hmm. right after Matthew Broderick did that that role. And Mm -hmm. um, I was four years old at the time. 
right? Yeah, I was four. And so we all, I'm like, how old am I now? (laughs) Um, But we all went on tour with him because my brother and I were so young. And so I got to watch him in that show. And I think that was when I first kind of fell in love with musical theater without realizing it. I learned all the words to every all the musical numbers. I like knew the choreography. I would do it like in our hotel room. So it was a little bit of watching him do it, but also finding that joy for myself. And then it was after that, that my parents were like, we need to put her in like dance classes. Like she needs to do something with this. And then, you know, I would have recitals and competitions every year. So I was performing every year for, for audiences. And I just, I just loved it. So it was something that felt natural to me and, um, and still does. So, so yeah, I guess it was, it was a little bit of both seeing him do it. And then also finding that I really, really loved it and just felt comfortable doing it. You had mentioned when you were younger that, uh, you, you know, you listened to a lot of music and stuff, but what were some of your uh, inspirations, whether it be in theater in film or music? Um, as far as music goes, I mean, Lady Gaga is like, I always say she's my Jesus. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she is my, like, I just, I, her music is so, so incredible. And I think she's such an amazing artist. And I love that she's so pro anti-bullying and very into charity work and things like that. She's a huge one for me. Um, I listen to a lot of like power belters, like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, um, even like Faith Hill. I was a little bit into country music and still am. Um, pink was another one. Super edgy. Love love some pink. Um, what about some Carrie Underwood? Some Carrie Underwood as well. <laughs> um, yes, Carrie Underwood. Um, I really don't. I listen to all different kinds of music, but I was definitely as a kid, I was super into like pop, particularly like women pop rock like belters alanis morissette was another one that i was listening to her music probably i was like very young and i was like belting out you ought to know like in my room and i'm like probably a little (laughs) young for this but i yeah artists like that and then as far as acting um i love kate winslet she always comes to mind when i think of like who's your favorite actress i just i think she's such a class act she's so great at what she does and um, I love anything and everything that she's in. Um, so yeah, those are just some some of the many inspirations for me. Um, what about? Um, can you tell us about your um, being cast in Flashdance and being Jennifer Beale in front of a live audience? How did that come about? Yeah, that was um, so. That came from. I actually did the show twice. I did the international tour. And then I ended up doing it for, it was the first regional production in New York a couple of years later. Um, but it was, it initially came through an audition from my agents. Um, this was for the tour. Cause that's what I did first. And I went through a bunch of different callbacks and got the job. And I, I was just out of college and I had kind of no idea what I was doing. I had never been a lead in a musical before. And so I very much got kind of thrown into it in a good way, because I, I think that if I had known how difficult it was going to be, I maybe would have been too scared. or I would have gotten like in my own way about it. Um, but that's how that came about. And then I was on the road for 
about nine months doing that show. We ended in New Zealand, which was incredible. And wow. um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And the crowds there were so enthusiastic. So everyone was so kind. It was really awesome being there. And then, yeah, I did it again two years later for, for Gateway Playhouse in New York. And um, it was, it was incredible. I got to sing, act and dance in one show equally. And it was, it was a dream. That's like, that's a role that's like very close to my heart. And um, I have such amazing memories from that experience and I still have lower back pain, but it's okay. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. It's all good. Do you have like a, a dream production that you want to be a part of at, uh, at some point? Um, the answer has changed over time. I used to say rent because that's my favorite musical of all time. Um, but I, I also love being a part of like new musical or new shows. Like there's something about building a show from the ground up that nobody's ever seen before. And it's not like a show like Flashdance where people kind of have expectations going in or even a show like Cobra Kai, where you're dealing with the Karate Kid universe. So people have these expectations and they have such love for these characters and these themes that have existed for a while. So I think being part of a new show where everyone's going in with a clean slate is um, that would be really cool just to be part of something totally, totally new. How have you dealt uh, these last couple of years with the lights being off? Did that impact you at all? Did you have um, performances that got shut down? Yeah, I um, I actually was I was supposed to do a new musical in summer of 2020. <laughs> and then we were like all set to do the show and then COVID happened and we were like, oh, this isn't going to affect us. This will be over in a couple of weeks and then got pushed another year. And then 2021, things still weren't fully back yet in the summertime. So got pushed another year, but now it's, you know, things are so unclear with, with theater because, um, there have been a lot of cancellations or shows going on hiatus on Broadway right now. So it's kind of unclear as to what's, what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really rough to just come to a halt, especially because theater, you know, when you're doing a show, you're doing a show eight times a week and your whole life kind of revolves around that show. And I think people don't realize that because they're like, Oh, you just do the show at night and you have until you know, if you have an eight o'clock show, you're free till six. But the truth is like your whole life is going into that show and it's like your blood, sweat and tears. So to be in that kind of mode and then to have everything stop was um, like culture shock. And um, I think if we've learned anything from this pandemic, it's that we, you know, we need the arts. We need like that's our our therapy. And so it was it was hard to not have theater happening at all. But luckily now we've been able to come back in in a safe way. And I think we're still finding our way a little bit, but that's just bound to happen. So my hope has been restored, but it was it was it was hard for for a little while because um, a lot of people were just out of a job. A lot of friends who are on cruise for or stage managers for shows. It was it was a tough it was a tough year ish year plus. But um, but we're back. So yes, the lights are on again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. Um, you were mentioning like the credit kid universe and how people have like these expectations. It kind of reminded me of something that's currently in production, the the credit kid musical. And so we have like a bit of a mutual friend here, Drew Gasparini. 
Oh my gosh. I love Drew. I've worked with him before. He's sensational. Yeah. The Skittles commercial. I'm forgetting the details here. Yes. We, this is going to sound fake, but it's not. I did. It's called Skittles, the Broadway musical. And it was, we did it on Super Bowl Sunday of 2019. Michael C. Hall was in it and had to audition for it and everything. And it was this one time Broadway musical. And it was a big ad for Skittles. Instead of doing a Super Bowl commercial, Skittles chose to put on a Broadway show for a day. And, wow. and Drew, yeah, it was, it was insane. It sounds like I said, it sounds fake when you say it out loud, but it was amazing. And it was all just incredible people from the industry. And Drew wrote the music for it. And he's doing the music for Karate Kid, the musical. So yeah, love you, Drew, if you're listening. I'll, um, sure, uh, I'll be sure to text him. Yeah, please yeah. do. Please yeah. do. So you mentioned your love for Disney um, and, you know, being a bit of a Disney freak. Um, I have a 19 month old granddaughter, so I have seen just about every Disney movie in existence several thousand times at this point. <laughs> if you could be any Disney princess, if you could get into a Disney musical on Broadway, who mm. would you want to play? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, my answer has always been Belle from Beauty and the Beast because I, that was my favorite growing up. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love how even like for a princess of that time, right? Like she was just so much more interested in reading books than finding the prince of her dreams. And I, I think she was ahead of her time in that, in that way. And I always, I always just, resonated with that. I found that so inspiring, even at, at such a young age. And I guess I would have to stick with that answer. I just, I, I have such an affinity for, for Belle. And so, yeah, I guess it would be Belle and Beauty and the Beast. That's a, she's, a, she's amazing. The Beauty and the Beast was my favorite fairy tale when yeah. I was little. So the movie I, came out when I was 18 or 19. And yeah. I remember sitting in the theater, just in awe of like the dance sequence yeah, Isn't the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. So yeah. good it's answer. I like that one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I, I would imagine you get this a lot as well. But um, do you have like a favorite Ralph Macchio movie? Uh, and on, on the flip side of that, like, is there a movie where you're just like, Dad, I can't believe you did, you know, did that role, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in a different movie? Um, my favorite uh, okay. I have, so like the most sentimental one I would say is probably karate kid. Like if I need one, that's going to make me cry. I cry every time, especially at the end. I just, I, I, I get so emotional. That's probably my favorite, like sentimental one. But if we're talking just like one that I want to turn on at any point, it's my cousin Vinny. It's, it is just, it doesn't get any less funny, no matter how many times you watch it. The characters are so great. Everyone's so good in it. It's just, it's, it's perfect. I don't think I would change a thing about that film. So that would be like my, my go-to at any given point. I don't think there's a film that I've ever seen of his that I've been like, oh, I can't believe you did this. I will say, and Hayden, if he listens to this is going to, no, actually he knows this. I've never seen Karate Kid 3. I've never, seen, I've seen bits, I've, I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never watched it 
straight through. I feel like I'm in confession, but um, <laughs> that's okay. I'm Catholic. So, you know, we'll say a couple Hail Marys when we're done together. Yes, <laughs> I know. I've never, I've never seen it from start to finish. So I don't, I mean, sorry to all the listeners that are like shaking their heads at me right now, but I, I've never watched it in its entirety, which now after being a part of season four and seeing season four and how great Thomas is in the show, I'm like, I gotta watch. I need to just see what this is all about. This ponytailed guy, like what's he, what's he doing? What's his deal? Oh yeah. You definitely need to watch it. Um, I, I, I just, I, I kind of, um, I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit just cause I think it's hilarious that you shouted out Hayden for that one. Uh, cause, well, cause because, we all yeah, know. I mean, yeah. we all, do we need to explain <laughs> no. what, but I remember, no. I remember being on set. I want to say it was for season two or three and I was visiting, um, and we were like at lunch or whatever. And I was sitting with Hayden. I forget how it came up. We were talking about Karate Kid 3. And I was like, I think I didn't know at that point that he loved that film so much. And I was like, kind of casually like, oh yeah, I haven't seen that one fully. And he was just like, what? Like, what? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to yell at your dad right now. But yeah. Yep. It's true. So you, you mentioned my cousin Vinny, and that's kind of a perfect segue to my next question. Um, Amanda referred to your character, Vanessa, as Marissa Tomei Jr. Yeah. And you gave me a very serious, um, I think I said combination of Marissa Tomei and Snooki. Wow. OK, great. I love that. Um, and I was wondering, did you take inspiration? Because when you when you start shout you know shooting off the psychobabble um mm -hmm. it reminded me so much of mona lisa talking about cars yes yeah so. i, I believe, yeah that was i think the idea i mean obviously that's a question more for the writers but i think that was the the idea was that you're taking this stereotype that everyone kind of knows of and you're like giving it to your audience on a silver platter. And then you're kind of like twisting it a little bit or putting a little surprise in there. So I think that was definitely, um, that was a reference that we had spoken about. I got on a zoom call with the big three with John, Josh and Hayden. I think it was like the week before I flew to Atlanta to film. And, um, because I, I just wanted to make sure that the way I was hearing and seeing this character was in line with what they wanted. Um, and that was, you know, Marissa Tomei's character, my cousin Vinny was obviously a big, a big reference point, but um, something that we talked about was her accent in that film is so thick that it's actually a little thicker than what I ended up doing. Cause I basically just had to match Brett who plays Louie because we're, we're siblings in the show. So they're like, you just have to be like two peas in a pod with, with Louie. Like we have to believe that you guys really grew up together and that you've been around each other for years and you interact and you, it should feel like second nature. Um, so an inspiration was Marissa Tomei in that film, but I also, what I did, and I don't know if I ever even told Brett this, I just went back and like watched scenes of him in the show to like, listen to him speak. Cause I didn't want to you don't want to like underdo the accent, but you also don't want to overdo it to the point where you're like, oh, I'm watching an SNL skit of like somebody trying to impersonate someone who's from Jersey. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I ended up kind of using Brett as a reference point for a lot of it because I just wanted it to be 
authentic and believable that these two would have would have grown up together. So, but the Marissa Tomei thing was definitely, definitely weaved in there for sure, without a doubt. And it's a, it's a high honor because that her performance in that film is just, I mean, she won the Oscar for it and, and right. So it's, it's just, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. So, so yeah. So you mentioned that you were visiting, you know, whether it was season two or three, um, well, what is that like uh, coming down and hanging out with the cast? And it, it, I would imagine that's how you, your relationship with Mary kind of started with you visiting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my family and I would visit the set. I think every season I visited um, seasons one, two, and three up until like working for um, in season four. So it was always just so much fun to be around everyone. And I think the overall vibe on the Cobra Kai set is like, I think everyone knows how special this perform, like um, how special this experience is and how um, there is a responsibility to like make the fans proud, but it's also this very new and exciting thing. So it was always such a fun vibe. I always felt like people were just, it was all good energy on set, but yeah, it led to, you know, friendships with so many different people in the cast and crew. And I just felt so lucky to, to be around such amazing actors and people. And so then getting to go and work for season four felt like I was just, you know, like hanging out with friends. It was, it was awesome. It was, it was really, really great, but um, yeah, it's always a good vibe on set. Before you were cast as Vanessa, you actually, and I'm, I'm sure you know this because you would have had to sign off on it, I assume, yeah. you are one of the incarnations of Samantha LaRusso. Yes. <laughs> so did they ask you about doing that or did your dad just give them the picture or what? No, they had to, they asked me if I'm remembering, I think I had to sign, like they asked me and I was like, oh yeah, this is like such an honor. Like, of course, I love that picture, by the way. It's one of my favorite photos of my dad and I. Um, so I was like, yeah, but yes, they did. They did respectfully ask. And I mean, how crazy is that? That that's, I right. mean, like I actually call Mary and I call each other sister from the same mister. Um, because we're, you know, she's the, the TV daughter and I'm the real daughter. And we actually fun fact are the same exact height. We're both five, one and three quarters. Like we're the same exact height. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird? I don't even remember when we realized that. I think she was talking about her height once. She was like, I'm five, one and three quarters. And I was like, wait, so am I. And that's very precise, but I'm so happy about this. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. My daughter is four uh, eleven and three quarters. And she tells me that that three quarters of an inch is very, very important. That's exactly what I say. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I'm five, two, but five, one just is not correct either. Right. So, yeah, it, every quarter of an inch counts. It really does. I think uh, to short people, it does. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I was like six foot, like, or like five, ten and a half, I'd be like, yeah, five, ten, five, eleven, whatever. But, right. you know, when you're down here, it's like every little bit, I'll take what I can get. Brianna, did you want to ask about that uh, um, Ralph short film? Oh, about wax on, fuck yeah. off? Well, well, no, no, the, the, the other one that she, she oh. was in, because we're starting to get into Cobra Kai talk. Okay. Um, yeah. Across Grace Alley. Yeah. Um, the, the short that your dad, what, wrote and produced yeah. for um, uh, um, uh, Karina Shmirov. Yes. yes. 
and you had a part in that. And yeah. um, how did that did, did you didn't have to audition for that? I assume he just kind of told you not. you were doing it. Yes. He, he's like, if you want to do this, could you imagine? I'm like, yeah, I went through so many callbacks. <laughs> um, I'm happy to audition for anything and everything. But um, no, he he asked if I wanted to do it. He's like, do you want to be like a voice student and just sing? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Work with Marsha Mason. And um, it was awesome. It's funny because I just spoke to Karina yesterday. It was her birthday. And um, I haven't seen her in a while. But that film is so it's so beautiful. I it's, I, I just loved getting to even be a small part of that. And I was so proud of him for, for directing and putting it all together. And it was just, it was a beautiful experience with really, really amazing people and, um, filmed it right here in New York in New York city. So it was, it was just lovely to be a part of. So yeah. it's a gorgeous film to watch. I love the themes and I mean, I could watch Karina dance all day and I think it's amazing that you are all still such good friends with her. Yeah, she is. She's so special. And they, I mean, when they were on dancing with the stars together, you know, you really bond there. They were in rehearsals all day, every day. Um, I don't want to speak for my dad, but I I remember him saying like, that was one of the toughest things he ever had to do because it was so, so demanding and they got really close. She's such a wonderful person and got close with all of us because we all went out to California to watch him a couple of times. And we really ended up bonding with her and hanging out with her. And so just getting to share that experience with her, I think, I think that might've been her first time acting if I'm not mistaken. And I know she had like wanted to get into acting and it was just, it was just the perfect, the perfect situation. And it was, it was awesome. But yeah, I just, it's so funny. You mentioned that. Cause I just spoke to her yesterday. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. I, I adore her. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty sure I watched that during 2020. Cause you know, we were all trying to find things to watch uh, at that time. And <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was available on Amazon prime. So if anyone missed out on that, uh, definitely check it out. Um, season four made me kind of think about some other things. Um, well, especially with the Anthony character, not having grown up with, you know, Miss Miyagi doesn't have all the memories and, and things like that. Um, right. Do you yourself have memories with Pat? I, I met Pat. Well, I do. I only met Pat one time. I was, which it was actually the year before he passed away. Um, so I was pretty young, but I do remember we all went out to brunch in New York city because he was getting an award at Lincoln center and my dad was presenting him the award. So when he was in town, cause he didn't live in New York, but, um, while he was in town, my dad was like, Hey, let's all, let's all meet up. And, um, I just remember he was so funny and like outgoing and eccentric. And he was always making these like funny faces to try to like keep my brother and I entertained. And that's not, I mean, if you've obviously when you watch karate kid, you wouldn't necessarily think that that would be Pat's personality because Miyagi is so, you know, grounded and, and wise and, um, not that Pat was not, but he, I didn't expect him to be that forward and outgoing. And he was such a bright light to be around, so much fun. And I only have that one day, but it was such a great day. And I'm thankful that I even had that because it was the following year that he, he passed away. And I, 
I remember the day that he passed away too. I was, I was so young, but I remember my dad calling my mom and um, I was with my mom and my dad was with my brother and he called my mom and he was like, Pat, like Pat passed away. And we just like, couldn't believe it. Cause he was, I think he was like 73, right. When he passed, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't he, very old. He wasn't very old. So, but I do have that one day and it was a really, it was a really special and fun day. So um, he's, he's very missed, but he's so, you know, as you guys know, like he's so present in, in the show and in this experience. And, um, yeah, it's just, I know that he's somehow watching the show. He's somehow with us. So oh, yeah, he subscribed yeah. to Netflix. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. That's a really awesome story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is. That's beautiful. Um, speaking of, you know, shorts and and I had already mentioned the title, the wax on uh, fuck off you and Daniel are in and your mom are all three in there, but you don't play yourselves. Correct. <laughs> how was how was that decision made? Because you were into acting. I know, you know, your mom is a, is a nurse and probably would have said no. But yeah. why did you and Daniel not get to play yourselves? You know what? I actually don't know the answer. I was this wax on F off. I'm used to like bleeping it out because oh. like kids around, <laughs> but, um, I, I was pretty young. I don't really remember why I'm going to like call my dad later and be like, Hey, so, uh, where was, <laughs> where was my audition for that? Um, I don't know. I think it was just a choice to not have his actual family in it. Um, I don't remember there being like a conversation about it. It was probably just a choice that they made. I wish I had a better answer for that, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to be like, Hmm, let's talk about this. Right? I'm, I'm happy to bring him on in this uh, zoom call here. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, can you take a break from your press? We have a very important question. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's on uh, the voice or the, the, not the view today, right? He was Imagine on the view if this he was morning. on the voice, I would pay to see him on the voice. You know I where would. I want him to be is on the masked singer. I, I, I don't want to speak for him. I feel like he's been, that's been a conversation. I don't know if he would ever do it. Um, mm. I don't think he would ever do it, but I would also like to see him on that. Cause he has a good, he has a really nice voice. Mm-hmm. I think he could, I think he'd do a good job. Um, but yeah. <laughs> He's already come up a couple of times as people guessing and everybody is like, Oh, listen, yeah. listen. I, I'm like, that's not Ralph's voice. Not, not even close. You're like, so, I, we, we know that is not him. No, I've, but, I've, yeah. I've watched Timmy a few times. So I, I've, I've heard him sing. So yeah. 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 With the role of Vanessa, do you have any more um, insights on like, um, I mean, you, you gave it quite a bit, obviously, but the, the name Vanessa, is that a nod to Vanessa Rubio um, and um, maybe a little bit more of uh, how you got the role? I don't know if the name Vanessa comes from anywhere. I just know that I heard like in the writer's room, I was always like the character was always Ness, like cousin Ness or cousin Nessa. Um I don't know if there's a specific tie to anything or anyone. Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually would like to know that I'm going to ask the writers that I'm going to be like, is there any meaning behind this? But um, not to my knowledge. No. And then what was the other part of your question about how I got the role or mm -hmm. how it came about? Yeah. Um, 
The first time that I had heard about this character was in October. I think it was October of 2020 because they started filming season four in January of 2021. And so usually like a couple months or right before they start filming, they'll give my dad usually gets like a lowdown on generally what the upcoming season is going to be. Um, and so I remember he said he had a zoom call with the guys that day to talk about the upcoming season. And it was in that call that they mentioned this Vanessa LaRusso character and that she would be somehow helping out with the Anthony storyline, um, and like giving them parenting advice. And so he was, you know, allowed to like relay that information to me. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't until I got, I filmed in March cause episode eight wasn't filmed till, you know, a bit later in the season, obviously. And I didn't like, it wasn't, it was, it was going to happen, but until you have a script in front of you, you really don't know. I mean, things can get cut. There can be rewrites. You have to get, you know, understandably, you have to get notes from a bunch of different people. So I was like, okay, I think this is happening, but until there's a script, I'm like, I don't really know what it's going to be or like what the tone of her character is, or I knew it would be Louis' sister, but still there were some fill in the blanks that I was like waiting for. And then I got the script about a couple of weeks before um, before going to Atlanta to do it and got so, so excited and it like exceeded my expectations. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to, to bring this character to life. This is going to be so much fun. But yeah, so I had known, I had known about it for a few months before been keeping the secret for way too long. I was like, this is, this is a long time for an Italian to keep a secret. <laughs> this is, they're like asking a lot here. So it feels good to talk about it, but yeah, that's how, that's pretty much when and how it, it came about. In Speaking our, of, uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to add that in our season four recap, because we also do like the individual uh, episode breakdowns. We mentioned that we would prefer Cousin Ness over Louie uh, any season. So oh <laughs> don't tell oh. Brett, but. <laughs> right. My, Brett. my, my, my mantra has always been F Louie. Um, only I don't censor myself most of the time. Oh my God. Season one. Yeah. I'm rubbing off on you. This is, this is yes. G rated. This is G rated, but um, PG cause I dropped PG. one. So I get, oh, we get PG. Okay, yeah, so. yeah. PG 12, if you will. There we um, go. But that's so funny because I, I love Brett in the show. He's well, it's like a love hate, like, you know, there in season one, he has, he has to redeem himself a little bit for some of the mm -hmm. things that he, that he does, but he's, he's just so good in that role that I, and he's a hysterical human being to be around. And I loved getting to work with him and get to know him. So, um, I do, I do love Louie. I, I love me some Louie, but, um, but yeah, I'm also team Ness. She's so much fun to play. So I, um, yeah, I just love being her. It's a blast. I like that. Hashtag team Ness. There Hashtag we go. Let's make it yeah. a thing. Yes, let's make it a thing. <laughs> uh, speaking of Italian women, up until this point, the one person we have say, seen being able to get under the skin of the unflappable Amanda is her mother-in-law, Lucille. Yes. And now it, it just seems to be a trend with Italian women getting under Amanda's skin. Yes. Um, how did you and did you and Courtney played off of each other? I thought absolutely perfectly. 
Thank you. And I, I was wondering, you know, how did there, was there ever a time when you broke character because you know, Courtney and that's your dad, or were you always able to stay in character and not lose it? I, I actually don't think we really broke at all. I think there was like one, there was one take that I specifically remember where, so at the end of the counseling or like the therapy session scene, I have to like walk off and Courtney would sometimes say a few different things at the end of the scene. Like the take that made it into the episode, she just like throws the notepad. Um, Mm -hmm. But there were a couple takes that we did where she would like say, she would like ad lib something. And I remember there was one take where she made fun of my hair because my hair was in that like bird's nest on my, Mm -hmm. on the top of my head. Um, which was all just teasing and hairspray, by the way. I mean, Tresemme should sponsor us. I'll just say that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like there was nothing there, but we were joking all day. People were like, oh, in the couple days that I was filming, people were like, is there a bump it in there? Like, is there like a thing in your head? I'm like, no, this is just hairspray. But in one of the takes, Courtney was like, I'm going to eat your bump it. (laughs) And I just remember laughing and then I'm yelling cut. And unfortunately that take didn't make it in, but that was the only time that I remember us like breaking, but it was like an appropriate break. There was never, I didn't really have a moment when we were filming where I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing this. And that's my dad. And that's Courtney or that's Billy. Or I think I was so much in, and we all were like, we were in work mode and also being on a set during the pandemic, I, just wanted to do everything right. And I didn't want to be anywhere I wasn't supposed to be. And between every take, it would be like, okay, put your mask on. Like I was very much present and in it, which I think is for the best because the emotions hit me later when I was like flying back home and I just like cried. And I was like, I can't believe I just did that. And I got to work with my friends and it was just so awesome. But I didn't really have a moment of like breaking character. I don't think any of us really did. I wish I had like funnier stories, but we were very much in it and having such a great time. And I loved getting to like mess around with Courtney in that way, because I'm just such a a fan of her as a comedian. And also as a human, she's just such a dear friend. And I was so excited to get to, I remember when I read the script she like FaceTimed me and she was like, you have to read 408. Like we get to kind of get under each other's skin a little bit. I was like, I'm so excited about this. This is going to be awesome. So that was just, that was one of the highlights was getting to just work with her and, um, and play around. Um, as we get ready to wrap up, I know you're running out of time here. Um, I, I know my last question is going to be a little tough. So I'll kind of I was going to have you list a few things, but I'll ask you this. What are two of your favorite moments thus far uh, of the four seasons of Cobra Kai? Oh, two of my favorite moments. Um, one of them is in season four. Um, at the end of the season, it's a scene with, I guess, I mean, can we spoil it? It's a scene with Tanner and who plays Robbie and Billy who um, plays Johnny. And it's a scene, I think it's in the last episode. It's like almost at the end of mm-hmm. 410 and they're in the dojo. And it's just this beautifully honest, couldn't have been better scene between them. And 
it brought tears to my eyes every time I watched it. I've seen the season a couple of times because it's just, I love, I love season four. I love every season, but I think one and four are my favorites, but that scene is just so beautifully played and it's so honest and there's nothing extra about it. It's just pure honesty and emotion. So I would say that. And then I guess this is a season four thing too. Just all of the tournament stuff, like watching how, hard everyone worked and then getting to see that pay off and just watching everyone in those in those tournament scenes like it's just it's so incredible what everyone did um so i i guess i would say the tournament and getting to watch everyone's hard work and then that scene with um with tanner and billy is just just so it pulls at all of the heartstrings it's so wonderful yeah, it does. Um, speaking not as Vanessa, but as Julia Macchio, Miyagi-Do, Eagle Fang or Cobra Kai, which would you join? Girl, I would be like on the side eating the snacks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, um, seriously, though, I, I mean, I'd probably be Miyagi-Do because I I'm not really a strike first kind of person. I think I would very much line up with the Miyagi-Do teachings. But I will say like, there's something so cool about, about Eagle Fang. And I think that's what this season, one of the things this season does so well is it's like, you have to find your own way too. Um, and that's something that I think everyone at some point in their lives has to learn, whether it's like on the mat or off the mat, you have to find your own way. So maybe I would, maybe I would just start my own dojo and like, bring some principles from, from each or just inspire people to kind of do it their own way. That's one of my favorite messages from this season. I think it's just, it can be applied like anywhere in life. So Miyagi-Do, but also maybe my own, my own thing. Nice. I like that. I like that. Uh, do you, is there any project that you're currently working on that you can promote uh, while we uh, end this interview? That I can promote. Um, there's something that I can't, um, I don't know about, I don't know about anything I can promote. I'm pretty hush hush about this one show that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, okay. but Cobra Kai season four, Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Cobra Kai season four, check it out. It's, um, yeah, it's such a great season and I'm just, I'm thankful to be even a small part of it. It's just, it's been such a blessing and I'm so glad that fans are loving it. And, and thank you for what you guys do. Like what you guys do is so cool. You've gotten like almost everyone on this show and it's just, it's so great to have you guys. And just thank you for having me here. It's been, it's been so fun to talk to you. Oh, thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity for sure. Um, uh, Yeah. I I guess we'll, we'll we'll just end it there again. I don't know why you guys would have watched this interview. If you haven't seen season four, but definitely go watch it, uh, watch it over and over. Episode eight is one of my favorite episodes of season four, for sure, because of everything. Uh, Daniel being really mad and, the, you know, the introduction of uh, Cousin Ness. I love all of it. Um, so, all right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, you can find Julia on, um, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, pretty active there as well. And we're all over the social media. So you guys can find us. You guys probably already follow us. So thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. Bye.
Haven't you done enough, princess? 